Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So if you're wondering what that was, that was a helicopter gunship, minigun, firing massive bursts in Mexico as the Mexican military and the Mexican government literally is fighting a war with the drug cartels. It's been a war, and it's ongoing. And this week, virtual open warfare broke out as Ovidio Guzman, the son of cartel kingpin El Chapo Guzman, was captured by Mexican forces this after the president of Mexico had ordered the release of a video in order to avoid continuing assaults by the cartel gunmen. And Canadian travelers, as you know, you've been listening to the news, you've been watching it on globalnews.ca, uh, Canadian travelers were urged by the federal government to shelter in place in Mexico. And earlier in the week, so I think it was actually New Year's Day, drug cartel members in armored vehicles attacked a Mexican state prison and the municipal police station in Juarez, just across the border from El Paso, Texas. 19 people were killed. 24, including a cartel boss, were freed by these heavily armed gunmen, or they just escaped. And just days from now, President Biden, Prime Minister Trudeau, will meet with Mexico's President, Andres Manuel López Obrador, in that major North American summit. So what's going on in our USMCA partner country, when drug cartel killers attack government installations, these good drug cartel killers are often former members of the military, former members of special forces. Ian Grillo is a journalist and author living and reporting in Mexico. In his book, Blood Gun Money, Firearms Trafficking Along America's Iron River, and it's one heck of a read, I'll tell you, Ian chases down how America's arms and gangs, and rather how America arms gangs and cartels, and he talks to arms makers, street corner thugs, hitmen, gun buyers and sellers, and victims, as well as perpetrators of gun violence. It's a blood gun money. Ian joins us from Mexico. Ian, thank you very much for making time for us. What's it been like in Mexico this week? Well, it's been it's been a crazy week. But I mean, I've I've lived in Mexico for twenty two years now, and there's been many crazy weeks like this. It's sad to say. I mean, you know, with this this latest thing that happened, and it, it it's the size of this is kind of hard to take in the dimensions of this. When you have hundreds and hundreds of hitmen from a drug cartel blockading roads, taking over a city, they even uh, fired at passenger planes and. Uh, there was passengers hiding under their seats, and then three and a half thousand soldiers against them. You know, a, a gun battle with 29 dead, uh, 10 soldiers and 19 hitmen, and it's become kind of you know one of one of many times that's happened. And it's uh, um, yeah, it, it's pretty shocking stuff. Um, but it seems like you know you have to change the the fundamentals of this problem to try to make make any progress. And 
one could hope at this meeting between the three amigos, as they say, the Canadian, uh, Mexican and American leaders this, this next uh, week, they could try and talk about what to do about this. Yeah, in, in your book, in uh, Blood, Gun, Money, you write, and I'm quoting you here, in the two decades I've been living in Mexico, I've watched the bloodshed rise like a tidal wave, destroying too many lives, and with them the broader hopes of the nation. It's very difficult to, to understand that we have, uh, you know, we live in Canada, so we're thinking of what's going on in the streets in Mexico. You have these cartels and their, their hired hitmen who are... Am I correct about this? Often former military, including special forces? Aren't the Zetas, isn't the Zeta cartel, weren't they formed by special forces? Yeah, they were, they were, yeah. They, they, certainly there was, uh, the Zetas were, were special force soldiers who defected effectively and, and became cartel hitmen. Uh, and then you've got all kinds. I mean, you know, among the, the hitmen, you can get like, young kids from villages, from, from the poor barrios, ex-police, ex-special forces, all kinds of people can be in the ranks of these soldiers. I mean, many of them have died. I mean, you've had 300,000 uh, murders in the last decade in Mexico. A lot of that, no. there's a lot of hitmen that have been killed or imprisoned, and there's still more and more who keep on coming out there. And the cartels can pay a lot more money than the government or the army or the, army or the police forces. They can, and, and that was, you know, you had even one, one cartel at one time put up signs, adverts, saying... Uh, you know, are you in the army? You know, ex army come and join us. We'll give you better pay. You know, actually put you know big banners up advertising that for them. Although as as well, sometimes you get these these hitmen who are paid pretty low amounts of money. And, and I've interviewed uh, many hitmen over the years in Mexico and further down in Central and South America. Um, you know, I found people who, who commit murders for fifty dollars uh, or a hundred dollars or on kind of weekly wages, and so so life becomes very cheap. Um, in this kind of mass, mass level of killing that we've seen here. What do they tell you when you talk to them? I, I tend to try and get the life stories of people. So, you know, I, you know, start like, where were you born? Where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? How did you first get involved in organized crime? And their stories vary. Um, I find often the case with the hitmen themselves, the kind of lower level um, hitmen, um, they're often from kind of poor backgrounds, difficult backgrounds, um, and have some kind of, you know, grudge. Uh, one higher-ranking guy who said he recruited hitmen, he said they would often look for kind of troubled teenagers who had a certain hate in them. Um, but then also, I've, you know, talked to people who are higher-ranking members who are bosses and so forth, and they're often from these same areas, these same neighborhoods or communities, but they sometimes can be from slightly wealthier backgrounds, and and the people who are quite sometimes quite relatively smart and educated in these places. I mean, pretty smart people. I mean, old Chapo who came from a, a mountain village, but then you know went on to manage. You know, according to Forbes, he had he was worth a billion dollars. So they're obviously managing a huge amount of money um, as well, and a lot of people, a lot of political connections. So obviously, some very talented people as well inside these organisations. Yeah, and when when we think about uh, what was done in Mexico where the president of Mexico ordered the release of El Chapo's son, Ovidio, in order to avoid continuing assaults by cartel gunmen. You effectively have a national government backing down from the, the cartels. Now, I gather and have followed you uh, on Twitter religiously for quite some time, at Ian Grillo on Twitter. That's I-O-A-N-G-R-I-L-L-O. 
this past few days, the Mexican government has fought back. But it, prior to that, it was a national government backing down from the cartels, wasn't it? Yeah, and very symbolic uh, that so what happened in 2019, the, a, a group of the military special forces uh, captured the son of El Chapo, or Bidigo's man, in a house in the city of Culiacan. And then when all the hitmen came out, they were like pinned down in the house. And these raging gun battles ensued, and, and then the hitmen also went to the, the place, the quarters where the, the wives and children of the soldiers lived and started attacking them. Uh, I started kidnapping various soldiers who were just driving around and so forth. And the government backed down after four hours of this. And that was a, a real humiliation, I think, for the Mexican government, the Mexican military. Uh, and it made, it made the president particularly look very weak or corrupt or both. Uh, and in fact, when I talked to there was a family of some Americans uh, who were killed here, nine American women and children uh, from the Mormon community who were killed in 2019. And they actually got a meeting with the president, and he told them that the thing he regretted most in his presidency was that release. So what happened on Thursday morning when they located the same guy again in, in a, a little village in the state of Sinaloa, I went in there with a much smoother operation, starting very early in the morning, and then they whisked him away by plane before the hitmen could really take to the streets, and it was more of a rural area, so they had you know, less, less able to be pinned down. It was kind of slaying the demons for that 29 operation somewhat. Uh, and you are seeing Mexico become, Mexico become more militarized. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, the violence is still still crazy, uh, and there's still many issues, including the fact that the cartels have a, a basically unlimited supply of guns coming down from the United States. Ian, so you spoke with, let's talk about the guns, because that's what gives the cartels the power. You spoke with arms makers, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms in the United States. You talked to gun buyers and sellers, street corner criminals. You talked, as you told us, with the cartel hitmen. How do they fit into the Iron River? And can you maybe start by sharing how firearms make their way from the gun manufacturers to the hands of the cartel hitmen who have been involved in this war with the Mexican government as recently as yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. So the interesting thing about guns as opposed to, uh, you know, packs of heroin and packs of fentanyl and so forth, which the drug traffickers move, is that guns, you, you know, can have serial numbers on them and you can trace them. And even when they file the serial numbers off, they can often restore them. So we can have some of the parts of these guns very clearly. And I did one tracing of uh, some guns from a, a murder scene in Mexico which was actually used to kill an American agent. Uh, and trace them back through the cellars into the factory. So in this case, um, this was a, a pair of AK-47s, which were made in Romania, were then imported into the United States uh, by a company which has offices in Vermont and warehouses in Vermont, taken down to Texas, where they were sold, uh, uh, one at a gun shop, um, where somebody walked in and bought 10 AK-47s, 10 of the same AK-47s, which they pre-ordered, um, and one at a gun show. Uh, and then they were taken from there, were then taken for the cartels. Now, this, these buyers are known as straw buyers, straw purchasers, who are people who have a clean record and will buy the guns for criminals. And one of the things that jumps out is that they're not even paid very much. This guy who bought 10 uh, AK-47s for the cartels, 
he was paid $600 for that purchase, so 60 bucks a gun. Not a huge amount of money considering how much death they can cause. But the reason is, is that the, the, the actual punishments are very low for the straw purchases. They're only given uh, normally suspended sentences. The crime is lying on a form. And so when you, well, one thing you get into is, it's very interesting, is with the thing of firearms as opposed to drugs, because they're kind of overseeing a legal industry and because of the a lot of disputes around guns in the United States, there's very weak laws in terms of fighting the trafficking itself. And then once they get them over to the border, they can drive them quite easily into Mexico. And anyone who knows the border will know it's actually pretty easy when you're driving south. You can often drive there. They normally hide the guns in things like fridges and, and cookers and that kind of thing to take them into Mexico. Yeah, and you're right in uh, Blood Gun Money about uh, the, the guns that are brought into Mexico, including the 50 caliber rifle, which can penetrate and, if I understand correctly, destroy light armored military vehicles. Yeah, the, the 50 cows, and there was four 50 cows captured by the military in the hands of cartels in this gunfight on Thursday. They've been using these a lot. Uh, they're kind of one of the most striking weapons because they're so obviously really weapons of war. Um, there's not a lot of use for a 50 cow to go hunting. I mean, I, I did, I, when I went to one of these big uh, firearms uh, wholesale shows, the shot, the shot show in, in, in Las Vegas, the biggest firearms show in the world, and there was, you know, people there who were big 50 cal enthusiasts, and somebody was saying at one time they were, somebody was, was trying to hunt a deer with a 50 cal, missed it, but the vibration still, like, blew up and, and like, blew a hole in the, in the deer. They're, they're so powerful, these weapons. Now, there's still people who still buy them in stores, particularly in Arizona. They're, they're paid more than straw buyers for those things, like $500, because the guns themselves could be $10,000 plus. But people, sometimes you get, like, you know, young kids of 22-year-olds, with a bit of big pile of cash buying these things, um, or some like housewife doesn't really know what she's asking for with a bit of paper saying, "Oh, well, that weapon, please." Kind of things that should really raise alarms. This is not hobbyists um, or, or people buying these for self-defence. It, it, it's, it's criminals buying these to use them to fight law enforcement, to to intimidate civilians, and to help them traffic drugs in turn to Americans. So what happens now? What's what's going to happen? You have El Chapo's son arrested after the president of Mexico let him go to avoid bloodshed. So now he's arrested. I don't imagine the cartels are going to take that easily. Is there going to be a continuing of the... Well, how bad will the continuing of the war be between the cartels and the Mexican government? And is there an outside... I mean, is there a chance that the cartels could actually win this thing? Well, the, there's certainly fear right now uh, among people that the cartels would do something else, would do some other kind of act of terrorism, effectively, some act against civilians or in revenge for this arrest. Uh, but with, the, with the, another big issue is that the drugs are coming north and coming forward, uh, you know, the huge amounts of fentanyl, particularly in crystal meth, who are killing a huge amount of people in the United States. I mean, in 2021, there was 107,000 overdose deaths, and that's a, a big record. Um, it, it's also really notable to me that in Canada, um, you, you know, it, it, between Mexico and the United States, there's a bit of an argument. You know, Mexico says, well, you guys are bringing the guns to us. The United States says, well, you guys are bringing the drugs to us. Well, Canada, the third partner, in some ways suffers both. It gets both the American guns, illegal guns, and the drugs that come from Mexico end up in Canada. So you, there is a certain suffering of both up there in Canada. 
Um, but uh, it, it, I mean, this, this is, the situation is ongoing. I mean, either way, this is ongoing. This is not disappearing tomorrow. Uh, and unless, and there's no easy solutions, but you know, this is something which you hope, as I said, that Trudeau, uh, Biden, and Lopes Obrador will talk about when they meet on Monday and Tuesday. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.